Hi, welcome to the Christian American Man Podcast. This podcast examines what it means to be a husband, a son, a father, and a man in 21st century America. I'm your host, Phil Wilson, and together we will talk about all things Christian, all things American, and all things manly. And now, on to the podcast. Hi, Phil Wilson, back with you again here on Christian American Man. Uh, This is episode 18, and today we're going to be uh, continuing to talk about uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, what I've referred to as the coronapocalypse. And uh, today I I thought I'd spend a little bit of time and talk to you about uh, five predictions that I have about how that COVID-19 may change our economy in the long run. I think that's important to Christian American men. I think it's important to all people uh, that are in our country and a part of our economy. And so we'll take a little bit of time uh, talking about that. Before I do that, let me uh, say just very quickly, uh, I want to recommend to you to go to our website at Christian American Man. Uh, There you can take a look at some of the books that uh, I've written, and uh, they're available there uh, for purchase. Uh, It's a good time to uh, catch up on your reading, and uh, I'd encourage you to do that. I have a new novel out called The Starvation Box, and it's available there. It's also available on Amazon.com, both uh, in paperback form as well as uh, on Kindle. And so uh, if you want to check that out, I encourage you to check that out. Uh, So having said that, let's get on with the idea about uh, five predictions about how COVID-19 may change our economy in the long run. Now, we've seen some changes that have taken place as a result of uh, of what's been going on with us and how that we're in the safer at home order or quarantine or whatever you want to call it. It depends on where you are, what state you're in, exactly what that means. And uh, we've seen some big changes with that. We've seen how that some businesses are considered essential, some are considered non-essential, some are uh, uh, in a situation where uh, they may be uh, at risk of uh, closure, uh, that some of them have laid off employees. Some uh, businesses have actually boomed as a result of this. Uh, Companies like Amazon and uh, companies... uh, uh, like uh, Target and uh, UPS and FedEx and and delivery type uh, services, uh, they're booming. They uh, uh, they're they're looking for uh, people. Grocery stores are looking for people. Walmart's looking for people. And so it's been interesting what this has done to our economy. Now, do I think we're going to pull out of it? Sure, I do. I think we'll pull out of it uh, within uh, the next several weeks. And, uh, and I think that that will be gradual. Uh, that's going to be kind of a staggered reintroduction into the economy. We'll see uh, improvements uh, take place in the market, uh, in the stock market, as well as in the economy overall. And I think that uh, uh, we'll return to our uh, previous levels uh, around the first of the year. You know, it, it may take us a few months to do that. I don't think we're going to see a long-term recession out of a out of this, but I do think that it's going to change things. I think it's going to change the way that businesses operate uh, in the future because I think that uh, there are things that have been changed 
that may not change back as a result. And so let's take just a little bit of time and talk about these five predictions. So first thing, I think that this is going to legitimize the gig economy completely. Um, the gig economy is the, the economy where people are, are working for themselves. They're doing uh, uh, projects. It, it, they may be a, a driver for Uber or for Lyft, or, or they may be uh, a part of uh, uh, one of these uh, uh, companies that uses an app for you to be able to, uh, to get uh, people as contractors. But the fact that the stimulus package uh, was extended to 1099 earners and uh, folks that are self-employed, it's given real credibility to that economy. It was already big, and I think that the flexibility uh, that has been felt by folks during quarantine, as well as the lower-level jobs going away, will actually strengthen this sector of the economy. And I think it'll make this life choice look legitimate uh, to workers, to their families, uh, to banks, to financial institutions. You know, there was a time uh, when uh, a, a young person uh, just getting out of high school uh, whenever their parents would talk to them about what they wanted to do, you know, if they said, oh, well, I'm just going to go uh, to work driving for Uber, driving for Lyft, or I'm going to uh, do uh, projects where I'm going to start a business online and I'm going to uh, make crafts uh, and uh, market them on Etsy or, or, or any number of things like that, you know, <laughs> a lot of our parents would have looked at us and thought that we'd lost our minds and said, you know, you need to get a real job. You need to get out of my house. And, uh, and the interesting thing about this is that I think that this may have actually legitimized that lifestyle uh, to the point that you may see, uh, you know, uh, the, the banks, the, the financial institutions, our parents, our families, our, our spouses, our, our siblings, the folks around us really see that this is a legitimate way to live. And so I think that that gig economy is going to be here to stay. I think it's going to be fully legitimized as a result of this. Second thing that I think uh, you'll see that's a big change is that I think that the resistance to work at home will be largely gone. Now, I know that there have been many, many people that have transitioned to a work-from-home type environment. It's very attractive to a lot of people. It's used as a marketing tool, as a recruiting tool. A lot of times when you want to get people into your, uh, into your company, that said, there are still a lot of folks that have had real reservations about it. I, I know that uh, in my day job, uh, we went to uh, a work-from-home environment, and uh, uh, we, uh, we did that with a lot of our employees. Uh, I am currently working from home, but I don't normally work from home. And uh, I remember whenever I did that, my former boss, who has since retired, had a uh, had uh, lunch with me one day, and I was telling him about that. And he said, well, how are you going to tell whenever they're w actually working? And I just laughed, and I said, how do I tell when they're working now? You know, because <laughs> just because somebody's in the office doesn't mean they're productive. Uh, but now uh, that all of these holdouts and, and all of these folks that have been suspicious uh, with regard to a work-from-home op uh, option and whether or not it can be productive, uh, I, I think that cat's out of the bag now. I think that uh, some folks went home uh, that uh, may have either not been allowed to go home or maybe they didn't want to go home, and now that they've got a taste of that, they won't want to come back. 
And so uh, I think that the businesses allowed them that have allowed them to do so will have to submit to that or they may lose good workers in the process. And so I think it's important for us to see uh, that that's probably the second thing that I can tell you is that the resistance to, uh, from, to the work from home model for those jobs that can be done. I know that there are some jobs you just can't do from home, but when you can work from home, I think that the resistance to that, that's going to be largely gone uh, after the, uh, the uh, result of the COVID-19 quarantine. Number three, some business models may not survive this. You know, there were several business models, a number of business models that were very successful in, in prior to the COVID-19 pandemic and the, the quarantine. But I'll be honest with you, I cannot imagine ever being able to go back to a buffet, to a salad bar, to a hibachi, to a Mongolian-style grill ever again. I can't imagine going into a place uh, like Publix or, uh, or, or some of those similar grocery stores uh, where uh, they uh, have like an olive bar or, uh, uh, you know, or, or a, uh, some sort of a food bar where you can go in and you can just package up your own, uh, style, uh, your own thing. This style of pay and pick, uh, this kind of model, I, I think it may cease to exist. I think it'll affect grocery stores. I think it'll affect restaurants. I think any other businesses uh, that are touch sensitive, uh, where more than one person uh, in that original business model was able to go in and touch and pick up and move, I think they may be impacted. I'm quite frankly surprised uh, that produce uh, and uh, and the produce aisles at the grocery stores are still available to be uh, picked up and handled and, and, and measured and, and weighed and, and bagged up yourself. I, I'm really surprised by that. But I do think that long term, uh, some of the business models that we've seen in the past that you could build a whole business around, I think may not survive this. So number four, I think that some of the temporary business models that have been enacted because of COVID-19 may become permanent. So uh, I, by that, what I mean is if a business changed from a traditional model, say like a restaurant uh, with a dining area uh, to just being a takeout delivery model, uh, or if they went from uh, primarily brick and mortar uh, to a delivery retail kind of situation, uh, if we see that uh, where people have kind of, they, they've dropped back on their staffing, they've dropped back on some of their costs, uh, as far as uh, the upkeep of a building and all of those things. And if business looks at this, if management looks at this, and the resulting change of that makes a better profit margin, management may keep the COVID-19 model. They may look at this as being a game changer for them, and they may transform from that temporary business model to a permanent business model in that. Now, I'm not excited about that in a lot of respects because I think it may adversely affect the ability for us to go out again and uh, sit down and have a place uh, to enjoy a meal and let somebody uh, wait on you, bring you the food and all of that. Uh, I, I miss that, and I, I would say that a lot of uh, you probably miss that as well. Uh, but I think that that may change. And I think that uh, uh, that there's going to be a number, especially of smaller businesses, that if they don't transform, uh, that they're going to pass away. 
that they're that they're just going to cease to exist. So uh, I think that uh, some of these temporary COVID-19 pandemic models may become permanent. So the fifth thing, I believe that there are going to be changes in laws. I think that uh, the executive orders that have uh, taken place in various states, uh, those have been kind of interesting. A lot of them have been very restrictive. Some of them have actually been uh, more deregulatory uh, in some natures. Like, for example, I know in the state of Tennessee where I live, uh, the uh, the governor has allowed them uh, the uh, takeout restaurants uh, to be able to package up uh, mixed drinks and send them home. That's unheard of. That's never been done in this uh, in this state. Will it continue to be that way? I don't know. But I will say that some of the executive orders of these various states may become permanent. Uh, some more, some less restrictive. Uh, I think that there may be a political backlash in various areas uh, due to the fact that there have been uh, these changes that have taken place. And in the long term, I think we may see uh, significant fraud, waste, and abuse as a result of the COVID-19 response when the dust settles, when uh, we've gotten over this, uh, when people start really seeing what's been going on, you're going to see, uh, I guarantee you, because I'm in that business as, as my regular profession, and I'm going to tell you that uh, uh, every time that there's a major problem like this, a major crisis there's always fraud, waste, and abuse that comes out of it. And as a result of that, that may drive additional regulations. So you may see some things uh, that, that are more around uh, uh, financial uh, regulation, financial restriction, uh, more internal control sort of things. So I think that there will be changes in laws that will drive those things as well. So... I know that there are, uh, that this is not an all-inclusive list. There are lots of things that may be impacted by this. These are just a few of the things that I think will change. I think that some things will return back to normal, but I think that many will become the new normal. And uh, as uh, as Irma Bombeck once said, normal's just a setting on the dryer anyway. And so it's important for us to realize things around us may change, but the nature of man doesn't change. And most importantly, God doesn't change. So that's all I have today. As always, please subscribe to our podcast, share it with a friend, leave us a positive review on the podcast platform of your choice, and check out our website at Christian American Man for a free copy of the Christian American Manifesto and an opportunity to purchase some of my books. And so until next time, as always, be the Christian American man that your God, your country, and your family needs. Take care.